What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sacred Odyssey. In this special episode, we actually had an opportunity, uh, Peyton and I, to jump on another podcast. Her name is Monica Ferguson, and she is the host of a podcast called World Domination. If you haven't checked it out already, check her out. She's from New Zealand. She is incredible, has so many gifts, and this is one of the most powerful episodes we've ever been a part of. So we hope you enjoy this episode as we dig deep, we get raw, we get vulnerable. Enjoy the episode, guys. So I reckon this is the quickest I've ever gone from picking up a stranger off the internet to recording a podcast. Five minutes it took us. That's pretty impressive. We're efficient. <laughs> you know, I feel like when everybody's on the same wavelength to an extent, it's there's not much you need to go over, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I literally was just thinking that the last podcast I recorded was exactly the same. A new American friend. And it's like, when we're on that same level... There's just no point in, we're not going to talk about the weather, are we? We're just going to get straight into the real stuff. Yeah. Um, And I just think, like, for me anyway, meeting you guys, this has been such a cool reminder of following your intuition. Because I was literally at home, like, in my pajamas one day, scrolling TikTok. Not that I do that all the time, of course. Um, And this video popped up of you guys, and it's Rise of the Divine Feminine. And it like stopped me because I was like, whoa, because you honestly, you don't hear masculines talking about this very often. It's typically the female perspective, right? And I was like, this is so awesome. And then like three more popped up um, and it was around like sacred masculine and divine feminine. And I was sending them out to everyone that I know. And my intuition kicked in. It was like, you need to meet these guys, like invite them on your podcast right now. And so I did. And here we are. And how awesome is that? <laughs> and, and thank you. Like I'll speak for both of us that um, we we appreciate you reaching out because I, I think sometimes when we get into, you know, the TikTok world podcast and we're sharing kind of our soul with the world, we can we can tend to put people or platforms on on pedestals. But really, everyone is kind of going through their own journey. And that's, that's why we call our podcast The Sacred Odyssey, because everyone is really going through this internal odyssey um, that becomes very sacred. And then you meet people along the way who are going through their own odyssey, but but crazy enough, they're very similar paths and they're, they're constantly intertwining. And so I just want to say thank you to you for first off following your calling of, of speaking your voice of having your platform and your podcast so that we could connect. Because if you hadn't have done that, we wouldn't be connecting right now. It'd be impossible. So because you followed your intuition and your dreams and, and really your calling, even though I know there was fear there in the beginning, we are able to create magic on this platform and it's beautiful. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited. Honestly, I've been buzzing all morning. You know, you just have a feeling when you're about to do something incredible. And I just knew it. I knew at the moment that I saw you guys. So how about I stop talking and you guys can talk and I'll just kick back. <laughs> but I would love to hear more about you guys individually. What was your journey to get to this point in your lives? Because this work that you're doing is no joke. And what you're articulating in the world is so beautiful and this masculine like sacred masculine energy is so exciting to see Um, and I would just love to hear about you guys your your individual journeys and then how you sort of came together and then we'll get into the topic which is of course feminine and masculine energy (laughs) 
Yeah. 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 I'll start with my journey. It was, it was a pretty different journey because here in Utah in the United States, it's a very, it's a very religious um, area, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of religion and it's a very religious driven. And so we grew up, I grew up religious and that was kind of the start of my spiritual path, right? So grew up religious and, and I learned about the spiritual world, but I always felt like there was something more. And I almost saw religion as like a, a training wheels, you know, is it perfect for me when I was younger and it helped me get to where I am now. So as I started doing my own, you know, my own discoveries and my own personal work, I realized that there was truth that I didn't know, but I wanted to know. And I became very obsessed and passionate about trying to find out who I am, why I'm here, and that, that entire journey. And so I'll let Talon, you know, tell his story. But as once we met, we met just, or just yeah, under a year ago. It hasn't been long. It hasn't been too long. And we, didn't, we immediately knew that like these things that we talk about have helped us and we would love to help other people as well, or at least point them in the right direction or allow them to not feel like they're alone on this, on this sacred odyssey that we call life. And so specifically here in Utah, what we're trying to do is almost normalize what is considered taboo in this spiritual realm, which to us is really where the truth lies. And so that's kind of our, our vision on it is, is normalizing and bringing the truth to the forefront of everybody's minds, hopefully, so that they can improve themselves and, and help themselves. So it was a very, um, you know, lonely and personal journey at the beginning, but it led us to a point where we could, you know, come together and do things like this. And it's amazing. It's really cool to see. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's um it, it's crazy to see how everyone's you know lives intersect and I've always remembered a quote by Steve Jobs and he said that you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And often we'll look back in our lives. And sometimes I ask myself the question, you know, if I didn't continue forward, where would the dots have taken me? You know, and, and sometimes we do need to ask ourselves that question because it, it can get dark sometimes, like it can get really lonely. And so from, from my perspective, that's where a lot of this rooted from. And, and sometimes we tend to forget that soul is really born from suffering. It, it's born from kind of going through the refiner's fire and, and being really forced to find out who you are because in a world full of noise that, that pulls you down and tells you to be something and to fit within a box, it can become quite, quite difficult to really like meander through, through the weeds of life and try to figure out why you're here. And so with that, as you're really journeying through that, it, it can get, it can become very convoluted. It can become very like, as you're, as you're moving through that, it can be difficult to find the right path that you feel you want to take. And so as, as we kind of ran into each other and started the sacred odyssey, it was like more people need to, to have a platform, even if they're still lost, even if they're still going through pain, even if they're really struggling, they need to be able to voice that. 
because I was raised with, and like I, my parents are amazing. I love my parents, but when you get into this work, you, you know how it goes. You start to see that like through epigenetics and, and a lot of your upbringing and how you were nurtured shapes the person that you are. Mm -hmm. And so the real spiritual awakening, you first have to deprogram. You first have to really unlearn everything you've learned to then recreate your identity and you're nodding your head. So oh, you yeah. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes we don't speak about that part of rebuilding identity. That for me was the hardest part. Like I went through, so I was actually married and I went through a divorce that kind of rocked my world because there was infidelity on her end that was involved. And that really betrayal, I think is one of, one of the deepest wounds of humanity that we can feel because at the very root of it, it's, you're staring like, division and separation right in the face when we were literally wired to be unified and we were wired to connect. So something like betrayal is taking you to the roots of darkness of like, you need to know what this feels like so then you can comprehend how to put it back together so that you can comprehend how to create unity in the world because you've lived separation. And, and so that kind of led me on a path of, really finding the beauty in the darkness, finding the beauty in the chaos and understanding that at least for my role that I play, it's to help people navigate that darkness and to see that darkness is not your enemy, but your shadow is a part of you. It's, a, it's an extension of you. And often we, you know, I think that which we do not understand, we either fear or we worship. And so it's really those shadow parts of us, that darkness, it's diving deeper into it and, and trying to understand it because as we understand it more, we see that it's actually light, right? It's just further away from the source. And so that led me all the way to this point of where we're finding so many people that are in the same, same boat, right? Yep. Just like you, that's why yep. we're connecting and everyone's like, are you kidding me? Like this whole time I've been on this journey, this whole fucking time that I've been alone, there was other people that were alone too. There was other people that felt the same thing. And like what a difference that would have made for me personally, if three, four years ago, I knew that there were other people in the world that could empathize with me. Yeah. That would, that would have shifted everything. Now, I believe in perfect timing, so I am who I am because of that, right? And my strength comes from the burdens I had to carry, but now it becomes a certain honor and kind of almost this divine burden that we get to carry of being like, hey, everyone is kind of lost. No one's figured it out. We're all figuring it out as we awaken, and as we awaken, we start to remember and it's about splitting that word apart. Remember, if you if you dismem if you dismember a body, you're you're taking it apart. But to remember means to come back to the whole, to come back to the organism. And so, as we wake up, what we're really doing is we're remembering. We're coming back as one, as unity, to really feel and know who we were in the very beginning. And I think that is a beautiful journey. 
Wow. Honestly, I feel like I was watching a TED talk just then. <laughs> let me just get let me just get my thoughts together. Okay. Wow. There's so you know, at the start I was like, we could go on many tangents and there are about a hundred in my head right now. I'm like, which one to take? Which Is that one to take? Fire hose? <laughs> it's it's funny because like I even between like I, I really used to self-censor and I really used to like it, there's that quote by Marianne Williamson that says like we shrink so that others won't feel insecure around us. And, you know, I, I finally hit a point where I was just like, I can't tolerate that anymore because I'm doing myself so much disservice. Mm -hmm. And so when we jump into conversations like these, I find that like right off the bat, kind of like you mentioned, we didn't really need to go over a lot. It's like right off the bat, we can go 10 feet deep right? We can go right to, and it's a, the, the crazy thing is the deeper we go, the more comes up, you know? And that's, that's the paradox that I think as humanity, we're starting to see, we're afraid to go deep. We're afraid to look there, but the irony is that's where everything is hidden. And with conversations like this, we're able to actually have the space to let those things come up, dissect them, and then create new epiphanies through which we can become, you know, more connected. Yeah. Amazing. Something I love that all of us have in common as well. Everyone who's been through this, you know, dark night of the soul or spiritual awakening, we've all spent a lot of time in the shadow. Like we've all felt so much pain and just cracks us open, right? Like, like you, I went through a divorce as well. And that was the start of everything. Like sitting on my lawn one day meditating and this question pops into my head and it's like, are you really wanting to go after your goals? I said, yes, like, then you need to leave him. I was like, oh, like, this is too early for this shit. It's 8am, like, oh, but I did, right? And I knew that I had to. And I was like, that's the start. And I feel like what you were saying as well so beautifully, it's like, we're just pulling off layers, right? We're pulling off masks to get to who we always were. Um, and I love, like, we honestly speak even in the same quotes, it's so funny. Um, but Steve Jobs quote, the Marianne Williamson one, those are my go-to quotes. Um, and it's like, yeah, we're just unlearning, unlearning everything. And I love that, but we're not talking about it. Um, and like New Zealand for one has hideous, you know, suicide statistics and mental health, especially in men, which is also why I was so excited to have this chat because discussing like, vulnerability and I know you guys talk about it a lot which is so cool because I feel like that goes hand in hand with really embracing our feminine energy right like for me I spent my whole life operating from wounded masculine like defenses up guard up don't let anyone in you can't trust anyone everyone hurts you um and when I actually allowed myself to just like feel everything that's when my entire life changed but it hurts like hell and no one's talking about it. So we're all sitting at home, like praying for death um, and an immense pain. And we think we're all alone and every, all of our soul family around the world feeling the same. So let's start, shall we? Let's get into <laughs> feminine. I would love to hear you guys speak about feminine and masculine energy. What is your take on it? I'd love to compare it to what I've kind of come to understand as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing to clarify right off the bat, like feminine and masculine energy is not necessarily male and female. Yeah. It's just polar opposites of, of the same coin, yeah. of the same essence that we all have within us. 
And when we're trying to become our highest self and our best self, that means tapping into the best version of our, of our masculine side and tapping into the best version of our feminine side. Yeah. And both of those energies have a lot of qualities that we need in our life. And society right now, I think, is separating the two, maybe not on purpose, maybe on purpose, we don't know. But I think they're separating the two and kind of like painting a picture of how each should be, when in reality, they should be intertwined and together because they are, that's how it is naturally. Yeah. So when we want to dive into like, as men dive into our feminine side, a lot of, a lot of men kind of like, are turned off by that or turned away or feel weird. But it's, but it, and I see that, I understand that. But when you see how beautiful each side is, you understand that that's, that's the goal. You want to embrace both sides of that because that is how you become your best self. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, th I think that like, and pain, painted a really good picture of like the illusion of separation. We're, we're, we're like, tr we're putting this space between the masculine and the feminine as if like I'm masculine and feminine is over there. And it's something I need to go pull in to integrate into me. And that's just not true. It's already within me. It's this illusion of separation, just like the illusion of control. And so once we recognize that, that it's already within us, it, it then becomes the game of trying to intertwine those and trying to pull them closer together into what we call sacred union. And, and as we can pull them together closer and closer, the closer they come, the more they can merge, right? And, and that's really actually the whole entire concept and framework of relationships. Everyone outside of us, everybody, I don't care if, you're, if it's your significant other, your husband, your wife, a stranger you've never met, they're just mere reflections of us. And so when we hop into a relationship, it's actually just triggering shadow sides of ourself. And it's showing us how we can, as that mirror with that person, learn how to then embody and integrate our own energy that was already there to begin with. And, and so on the level of the masculine, I, I speak heavier on this side because I'm more familiar with it, right? I, I am a man. And so with that, it's, there's a lot of irony in the fact that we're, we take so much, especially as Americans, um, we take so much pride in being strong as a man, right? Mm -hmm. Yet we're so fearful to be seen. And, and there, there's a certain irony in that, right? Because the real warrior, the real sacred warrior, the warrior of light is the one who can dispel his armor, who can take all armor off and be like, here I am. This is yeah. me, like, this is me fully seen, fully as I am in that vulnerability. I really believe there's so much strength in it. It's like the ultimate strength. It's the ultimate beauty. It's like, I don't even need armor. That's how strong it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not coming from the ego. It's coming from this deep seed within us that was always there. It's like the acorn of an oak tree who has a destiny that's always going to be fulfilled. And that destiny helps you to kind of sit deeper into that seed and to kind of be more calm and to like take these deep breaths and to realize that we are perfect as we are. 
And as we really take these deep breaths and as we recognize that energy and recognize that both parts are us, there's a certain calm that comes with it. And so if we can achieve that on mass scale with the world, we've achieved heaven on earth. And it may seem idealistic to a lot of people, but we need the idealists, right? We, we need those people who can see that vision and be like, no, it's possible. It, it's possible. It'll, it'll take work for sure, but it's possible and it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that so much. And I know what we were chatting about before we even jumped on this call um, <clears throat> is around like the sacredness of it, right? Like we've so lost it in, I mean, all around the world. I mean, New Zealand, we are so toxic when it comes to masculinity. You know, our men, they make barbecues and they drink beer and they watch rugby and, um, and you do not have feelings. You do not hug people. You don't feel stuff. You shut that shit down. You hide it. Um, vulnerability is weakness, right? Yet then we have the, the largest group of people that are taking their own lives are men young men as well um this isn't working it's not working and i just love like what you were saying about um like when we get to that that space of knowing who we are that requires feminine energy so even to to get to that awareness of being present with yourself and figuring out who you are as a man requires feminine energy and i just love that this like beautiful dance and the unity of it, this is what excites me so much, is to start looking at how the masculine and the feminine work together, whether that be within us as individuals or us in conscious partnerships or relationships or as society, because this is what's missing, right? And one of the um, many notes that I took this morning, so I was on TikTok, there's a theme to this, right? I spent a lot of time on TikTok because it's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So this classic example popped up this morning. It was two women on a podcast and it came across a bit like a man-hating podcast, right? That kind of vibe of men are trash and that's it. And from a mindset perspective even, that's terrifying because it's like if that's your dominant belief, that's going to be your experience. Like, so why would we constantly focus energy on more of what we don't want but people don't understand their power, right? Segway. Anyway. The quote, and I actually wrote it down because it was so like potent. <clears throat> she was talking about how, you know, women have their own careers and they make their own money and they actually had independent women by Destiny's Child playing. So it was that kind of like, we don't need no man, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, and she said, you know, we can pay our own bills. Men are for sex and being a best friend. That's what she said. And I was just like, what? Okay, <laughs> let's let's reflect on that. Cause, but that's the culture, isn't it? And I mean, even TikTok, if you go on there, there's a lot of content about men are trash and they stand you up and they abuse you and all this kind of stuff. And this is super politically incorrect, but we're about to get into it. I don't even care because it needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And we need to also understand the power that we have to create, that our assumptions are creating. And if we expect men to be abusive or whatever, that's going to be our experience. And I'm also going to just add on to that. Like all of us have come probably from experiences where we endured trauma or I grew up in a massively violent situation, which is why I kind of feel qualified to speak on it because I had to unlearn, as you say, 
all of these limiting subconscious beliefs and fears that I held around men. Because what I, what I learned was my power to create things that I didn't want, right? Just as much as what I did want. And subconsciously, I was like, as a small child, I learned men abuse you, they hurt you, they abandon you, you can't trust them. So in order for me to get to the space of being able to create the relationships that I desire, I had to change my mindset. And it's so important, right? It is so important that we can actually get to this because a lot of what we see in both men and women is so disconnected from our nature and who we were actually put here to be. And I feel like people don't really understand what it means to be in your like divine masculine or divine feminine energy. Um, Cause there aren't a lot of examples, are there? Like we are here to, to be it. That's why we are on this planet right now to be the example. Um, and I just thought I'd just chat a little bit about some of the things, cause last year I studied a lot. I got absolutely obsessed, like law of assumption, like all the quantum laws and feminine and masculine energy. And I was like, right, I'm going to be the divine feminine. I'm all about it. And I spent a lot of time like going within and in this, in these programs that I did, they talked a lot about how the feminine is about presence, right? Being in the present moment, feeling, feeling your feelings. And the masculine's about, you know, logic and um, much more in the head. And so when you actually look at, in real life, how they work together, it makes perfect sense. Like, for example, if you're in business, if I only operated in my feminine energy, people would come and take my furniture away, you know? Um, but if I, <laughs> if I only act in masculine energy and I didn't take that time to go within and reprogramming, like reprogram my limiting beliefs and my fears and my doubts, like it doesn't work. You've got to have both, right? So honestly, this is just such a, a juicy topic. How do you guys say, because there was one of your TikToks that you posted, which I loved, and you talked about this analogy of the river. And I would love for you guys to share about this. And how do you view like conscious relationships? How should they ideally operate? How would they work best? <laughs> You're throwing some questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The analogy of the river is one of my favorites because it, it comes from the phrase that form creates flow. And this is something that, is very, very misunderstood. And I don't even know if misunderstood really is the word. It's just, we're not even aware of it. We're, we're not aware that in order to create magic in the world, it first has to have a container through which it can flow. And, and so it's, it's the same thing as like a glass. If you want to drink water, you first need the cup and you pour the water in and then you can drink it because that container, the vehicle, the vessel holds the liquid, which is the feminine, the container and the vessel and the structure, the rigidity is the masculine. It's the, it's the spine, right? The spine is the masculine, the breath is the feminine, but we actually can't breathe and the muscles and the diaphragm can't fluctuate without the strength and the rigidness of, of the spine. And this is something we just don't really understand at a deep level. And and I, I get why we don't. It, it's a very intuitive subject, actually. You can you can study on this all you want, but it's intuitive. The, and, and what's so ironic about it is that the more we get to know ourselves, the more this intuition starts to come up. 
and you start to feel things and almost remember things. And it's like, how do I know this? And, and so that's the beauty. You hinted at it in the beginning of really this whole shit show that we're in, in the world right now, this divisiveness, it all starts with the self. That's it. It's actually that simple. If we would just turn inwards and start to really do our own work and understand it, that container that holds the feminine, one of those containers is also the body, right? So it's coming back in tune with our bodies. It's, it's, it's being able to really understand ourselves on such a biological and physiological level that we can then start to actually influence ourselves because we can't influence others. We can't influence the world until we can first influence ourselves. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, you know, how good am I at influencing my own emotions? How good am I at influencing my own state of being and my own thoughts? If I don't, let's say I didn't feel like hopping on this podcast, right? Just in a bad mood and today's just gone so bad, whatever. Am I able to really take control of myself, to master my own emotions and influence it to the point where I can shift my state of being and show up with love and compassion? Well, the answer is we, we all can do this. We all have this ability, but we may not have the techniques or the knowledge to do it. And we are in a spiritual crisis right now. And so what the world needs is we actually need more of a framework. We need, we're kind of just talking all over the place and babbling and everyone's speaking their truth. The issue is there's, there's no real framework at, at the bottom. There's no foundation. And the foundation first has to be laid and there has to be a structure for the building so the magic can flow through. And that structure is the masculine. And, you know, one of the roles, this is controversial, but the role of the masculine is to serve the feminine, period. Now, I got to make a distinction. They're equal. Masculine and feminine are equal, but they have roles. Just like in a relationship, you have roles. And so the role of the masculine, although they are equal, is to serve the feminine. And the reason being is because the feminine is the healing power. And the very thing we need in the world right now, immediately, like yesterday, is healing. And that will be done and brought through by the feminine energy. Yeah. Ah, oh, drop the mic, drop the mic. That was so good. Was there anything that you wanted to add to that? I think one topic before we get too far um, <laughs> with this masculine feminine energy is to, is to really hit on the vulnerability side. We talked, to, talked about it quickly, but the vulnerability is, is the key that unlocks the ability to attain the, the best of both of those energies right vulnerability and that we just we just did a podcast on this on, on becoming one and like healing with each other and really really connecting as a society and how we'll do that is through vulnerability because with vulnerability in in, in everyday life human to human we put up walls yeah. with each other because we want to feel safe or maybe we don't feel safe from everybody else so we put up walls to protect ourselves and when we fully authentically express ourselves in a vulnerable state and we really express our true form and express that vulnerability, those walls come down. 
and then we can see each other and he can see the things in me that are the same in him and it allows us to become connected in our in our sameness in our you know connection because when we're vulnerable it also allows a space to be created where everybody else can be vulnerable we've all had the experience where we're sitting around a campfire and somebody is you know sharing a personal story and then somebody else feels the safety to share their personal stories and their traumas and then it's like a big healing circle we've all had those moments and we love them and we remember them why because we are aware and we can feel the truth in, in becoming one again and connecting back to each other and, and, and feeling that love of, of connection. And so with the masculine and feminine, it's like we first have to do that with ourselves. We have to be vulnerable with ourselves, extremely vulnerable and honest and let down those walls with, within us so we can create that safe space within us to then, to then, uh, you know, attain both of those, those energies and those, uh, those sides and perspectives. So then we can do it with others. Um, right. And that's the whole goal of, of, of life. I think is just to, like we said at the beginning, remember each other and, and become one again. And, and to add to that, just to give a little perspective, <clears throat> we, so a while, probably a few months ago, we did a, a plant medicine ceremony. And, and one of the really interesting downloads that came to me that came like, like clockwork, like every 10 minutes, it would come to me just like verbatim. And it kept coming to me over and over. And it said, hold space for the feminine, hold space for the feminine. Mm. hold space for the just repeat it the whole ceremony <laughs> and it took and it took me weeks to really understand what that really meant and now when I look at it because everything as within so without so what's happening collectively is also happening within us right and so our inner world really does create the outer world in that order and so I started to realize at a collective level in order for the feminine energy and, and females in general to bring that healing, they have to be healed as well. So there's a collective actually purging going on right now where women have been oppressed. And, and in fact, if we go far enough back to times of Egypt, it, it was, you know, matriarchy. Women were, were in charge because they held the codes of life, which was to birth life. But there's been so much oppression. And so when you take years and thousands of years of oppression and then start to bring it up through the soil to the surface, there's going to be some stuff that comes up. There's going to be some serious purging. And feminism was kind of an outcome of that. You had this feminist movement, which really at its core had good intentions, but it was very jagged. It was very rough. There, there was a lot of, not with everyone, but you could feel this energy of bitterness. You could feel this energy of resentment of like, fuck you. Like you oppress me. And like, it's my time to shine now. And, and we saw that and we all felt it, but we have to hold space for that to purge. We can't condone it. it it's, it's not okay. We have to treat others with love and kindness, but at the same time we have to hold space 
this whole cancel culture, it's the resistance against that. And we have to really uproot that and get it out of our society because we need to hold space for people to heal. And we're seeing this actually, if we really open our eyes, we're seeing this on a massive collective level. The whole incident, I I hate to bring these worldly things up, but I think it's important so people can connect the dots. The whole situation with Will Smith, you know, and Jada Smith. And then right now in court, Johnny Depp and his whole ex and that whole scenario, right? And this isn't coincidence. We're starting to see these coincidences where, where the spotlight is on the man of being the perpetrator, of being the aggressor. But as we hold space and give it more time, we're starting to see that a lot of this also came from the feminine. And that just how we throw around the terminology, you know, masculine toxicity, it goes for the same with the feminine. And we're starting to see these females who really did hurt men. Um, and it came from a place of hurt themselves, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to address that because as we become more vulnerable, which is the unlock, it's the key, we have to be conscious. We have to be aware that when we become vulnerable as a collective, things are going to come up, things that are uncomfortable, things that we don't agree with, um, things that hurt us. But we have to be willing to sit in that darkness, sit in that chaos long enough to establish order. And if we can do that, then the masculine and the feminine can come together, that energy within each person, which will then create this ripple effect where it will come together in the world. And I think it's good that people are conscious of that process so they can look into the future and when that shit comes up, they know that that's part of the process. Yeah, yes. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say. We're going to clear like the next 12 hours, I reckon, because we have shit to talk about. Um, There are two things that are popping into my head. One, this like toxic, and I'm going to say, this is so politically incorrect, but honestly, who gives a shit? Um, This toxic feminism kind of thing, you know, like this man-hating culture that I talked about before as well. What's, what I find so interesting is that it's become this like competitive thing where women want to prove that we are just as good as good, you know, as a man or just as able as a man. And what I find so interesting is that women are awesome. Like, why would you want to be a man? You're a woman. Like, you know, like, but it's this ego thing, right? It's so, it's so ego about we're competing. And it's like, but you've lost the fact that you are incredible. Like you were created in this like feminine power. Like, but it's, it's, yeah, we're so in our egos right now. And we? we're so on the surface level stuff and we just need to drop down into our heart more. Um, because when we do that and we're able to be vulnerable and we can work together, like even listening to you guys talk about, um, you know, vulnerability so much, like it requires such feminine energy. And I know that, what I find so often with people that I support and, um, and in my own journey was that it took me so long to feel safe to be in my feminine energy. You know, and I made it my number one mission. Like I'm going to heal. I had all sorts of PTSD from childhood and all that stuff. I was like, this is not my story. This is not who I'm here to be. But the, the like beautiful dance of actually holding space for myself, which is masculine 
in order for my feminine to feel safe and seen because no one else had done that for me before. So I first had to do it for myself, right? To be like, it's actually okay to feel all these feelings and then eventually move through it. But it is so intense. It is so intense. And to sit with your feelings and your body is like in fight or flight and your heart is racing and you literally have not felt safe your entire life. I get it. I get why so many women and I find this constantly with my clients. I'm like cracking them in like feminine, 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 because we've learned how to protect ourselves. We've learned how to put a guard up at some point in our lives. We've learned that it was not safe to be seen or heard or present. And so then we've created all these stories, these subconscious beliefs around who we need to be to survive and I just, it's, it's so obvious now, right? So then it's like this us versus them mentality. Men hurt me, so I don't need no man. Like, I'm gonna, um, you know, like, I can do it on my own. Yeah, of course you can. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this dating coach called Matthew Hussey. Have you heard yeah. of him? He's incredible. He's awesome, mate. There was, and he's very like politically incorrect as well, which is awesome. Truth speaker. Um, but I remember this one clip and it was probably like 10 years ago and it was him just calling out a room full of women and it was awesome. And what he said was like, you're, you're all saying you want this amazing man, but then a guy goes to hold the door open for you and you yell at him and you say, I can do it myself, you know? And he's like, of course you can do it yourself, but wouldn't it be so nice to let him hold the door open for you? And I feel like that just sums it up so beautifully this thing of like I need to prove I need to you know it's ego it's all ego but the beautiful thing is that when we're in our vulnerability and when we're in our feminine power we know how worthy we are we know that we deserve and we can receive and I feel like that's the biggest thing right we don't know how to receive because we've spent our life keeping people out so often and so when someone goes to help us, we feel vulnerable and like it triggers us. And so we're like, I didn't feel vulnerable until you tried to open a door for me. So now I'm going to push you away instead of actually looking at that part of myself that feels afraid of receiving or unworthy or undeserving. Um, but it's like, that's the work. And then when, as, as the feminine, the more that we can step into that energy, the more present we can be, the more knowing of our own value and worth that we have the more the masculines rise up and i think that the feminines do not understand the power that they hold that when we are in our feminine energy and we allow men to be in their masculine energy life goosebumps um the world will change right because so often like the things that you see i um I went to a bachelor, bachelor, bachelorette party, hen's party the other day, and it was with some older women, like they're probably 45 to 50, and they spent two hours complaining about how much they hate their husbands. That's all they did. And I was like, this is the culture. And then they were getting excited, you know, like, oh, and mine does this, and then he does this, and then they do that. And I was like, why do we accept this? And, but then also build it right but what I also observe is that all these women and this is not to throw shade this is just simply an observation they're all operating in this masculine energy which then forces 
their husbands to sit in a feminine energy. And I think like Tony Robbins talks about this, which I love, you know, like the polarity when we like, if there's one, the other one will exist. So if women, if we are sitting in a masculine energy, we're going to force our partner to sit in feminine, the other way around, you know? So the more that we sit in our feminine energy and we allow ourselves to receive and allow ourselves, um, you know, our masculines to be masculine, the better we feel. And because we're all operating in our energy that makes us feel really good. And like, of course, there's, yeah, of course we have both energies within us, but dominantly we have one, you know, we know inherently what that is, like feminine all the way, you know? <laughs> um, but I just think it's so interesting and I love what you guys are saying about everything comes from within us. Like every single thing that we see around us is simply a mirror of what's going on within us. So if we don't like what we're seeing, we can just check ourselves out and say, okay, what part of me is feeling triggered or hurt or unseen? Heal that within ourselves and then change the world, literally. <laughs> yeah. And I love when you, when you brought up the triggers because it took, it took a while for me to like see that triggers are actually presenting an opportunity for you to heal. Yeah. It's bringing something, something to the surface that maybe you weren't aware of or that you don't see necessarily all the time. But when you get triggered, you can see it as like, oh, that's an unhealed part of me that now has been brought to the surface. So thank you, the person, the event, the situation, the, the, whatever it is, thank you for bringing that to the surface of bringing, bringing it to my awareness, even though it's painful and even though it hurts and even though I don't wanna go through it right now, thank you for bringing it to my awareness so I can heal and get past it. Because on the opposite side of that, that's where that's where the beauty is is if we have if we have the strength and uh and we're vulnerable and strong enough to to see the triggers as what they are as an opportunity to heal then i think it'll completely rewrite the script of a lot of the victim mentality of instead of saying like, you're hurting me like like don't don't express yourself because i don't like it you can say express yourself fully because then I can see myself within you and I can either appreciate that, love that, or heal that. And it's all positive. You know, that's one thing that, that Talon and I dive into all the time is like everything is working for you. The good is in the darkness, you know, and you, you, can, you can experience the ups and the downs and you experience the beauty in the midst of the other. And it's when you start seeing that, that truth, that the universe is on your side, that everything is working for you, then it rewrites everything. It changes the lens and the paradigm that which you see life through. And how beautiful is that? What can come of that? You know, there's, there's a lot of positive that's being suppressed by, you know, illusions and misconceptions. But when we see when we see it for what it really is, that's when the fun starts happening. That's when the beauty starts to shine through, mm. and it's amazing, you know. Yeah, and the, and the world is significantly more good than evil. 
that's like period it really is it's just that where do we choose to put our focus and something that tony robbins says is that the questions we ask determine where our focus goes and where our focus goes determines the feelings we then feel and create and those feelings then dictate our experience so our whole experience actually can be completely reverse engineered and recreated through the questions we ask ourselves. And, and that's very powerful. And, and even when, this is what's interesting, like with you, when you speak, one of the reasons why you were able to really heal a lot of that masculine trauma and then step more into your power is because you have an internal framework and you may not know it, but you have it very strongly. You recognize that there's a process to things and that right thoughts can come through the influence of feelings, which come from beliefs, which come from a certain a certain uh, uh, almost experience in our life that creates that meaning. And so one of the things we do need in the world is more of this framework, which is the masculine. We need more of this structure to help us become aware of that thing, which was always there, but we just don't realize it. And so one of those things as we get down to the base of the, that framework is beliefs. And, and like Peyton said, we have the belief that, the world is always working for your favor. The universe has your back for sure. And something that's always triggering to people is that beliefs are decisions. They're decisions. And what's always fascinating is that a lot of people have beliefs that don't empower them. Yeah. And we have to start asking ourselves why. If, if beliefs are decisions, which most people don't agree with that, but once we understand that's true, then why do you believe things that don't empower you? And let's flip the script. Let's start to choose beliefs that empower us. One of them that you mentioned is safety. Personal safety is a decision. Now that'll trigger a bunch of people. I'm not saying it doesn't Good. take work. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's not a lot of work underneath that. But personal safety is a decision. You decide today that no matter what, I am safe because I am that I am. I am everything and my soul can never be broken. And so with that, I am safe. And when you feel safe, then how can you be threatened? And so if you're not threatened, is there competition? Of course not, because there's no threat. And so we start to, through this personal safety, eliminate a lot of the surface level stuff that's out in the world. And so when women do come to the mic, which is a privilege, it's a privilege to be able to come to the mic and share a voice with the world. And they come from a place of hurt. I understand. I get it. Like I am deeply compassionate and I, I am empathetic to the point that I will hold space for all of that to come up. But at the end of the day, these women are coming from a place where they don't feel safe. And that's okay. You know, that's okay that you don't feel safe. It's okay that we don't feel safe. What, what we need to realize is that we can establish that safety. And as we hold more space for more people to do that and set that belief, set that decision, that's when we'll really start to heal the world. And that's when we'll start to become more connected, all, all from just the ability to recognize our own power as you said so beautifully yourself yeah and that just seems to be the core of everything that we've discussed isn't it understanding the power that we have the power that we are um and like 
I oh, I so resonate with that. Like looking back at the previous versions of myself, and you guys are probably the same. When I look at that defeated victim, like suicidal, I had no idea what I was. I had no idea. I did not know that I could change things. I looked at my 3D circumstances and I was like, everything's terrible. That's why I feel bad. Not understanding that when I changed what I looked for, my external world changed. I had no idea, you know, and I feel like that's the power of what we're doing here is our story, our example, our loud voice saying, you're limitless, you're limitless, you're limitless. You can change this. Like you're so powerful. And until you really get it, you don't get it, right? Like that, that sort of shit used to drive me insane. I'm like, how can you say that? I'm sitting here, look at my life. It's a mess, you know? But when I finally got it, I was like, holy shit, I'm actually limitless. Oh my gosh. You know, if I sit down one day with my journal I love that comment about safety, you know, like when I decide I'm safe in this moment to feel everything. I sit down with my journal in my garden and I decide to focus on something and I change the story in my mind. And then all of us, I have goosebumps again, all of a sudden my life changes like literally the next day. And like, there are so many examples of us doing this, but we just don't pay attention, do we? That, you know, like, if you're angry at someone, you're really hurt by someone, and then you journal about it, you meditate on it, you change the story, and all of a sudden they start showing up differently in your life. This is not an accident. This wasn't a fluke, you know? But we just don't know. And it's, mm. it's so interesting to observe, isn't it? Like, the stories that we have about ourselves and, and, the, the, and like, the fear right now in the world, because everyone feels like this is happening, everything's happening to them, not for them. And they don't understand they have, they can change anything. They, you can be a multimillionaire. It doesn't matter what's going on right now. You can, at any point, create your own reality, right? <laughs> and there's a reason why crisis always happens in our life and why crisis is humbling, because we get so caught up in the noise of the world and we get addicted to consumption. And as we consume, think about this thought, like the more we consume, the more we take in and add on, the more weight you're adding, the, the heavier it becomes vibrationally. And so we have to start to kind of detach from that and decipher through that noise. And instead of adding and consuming, we need to start letting go. And we need to start subtracting from our lives and we need to start creating. Creation is the process of taking energy within, putting it into form and then sharing it with the world. But, but it's something you're taking from within and putting it out, therefore raising your vibration because the weight is decreasing. And, and when we understand this, we start to see that like one of the reasons why people can't change is because they're so weighed down. And so it starts with the process of subtracting a lot of this from our lives and understanding that like at a base level as well, th this is also kind of something we don't discuss, but like feminine masculine energy in and of itself is also an illusion. It's one energy. It's unity. It's singularity at the very source. It's one. Yeah. It's just energy. And then duality is what creates the feminine and the masculine. Yeah. And so if it's one energy, then the question becomes, what makes it dual? What separates those two into masculine and feminine? And the answer is the container, the form. That's why we say that nurture in environment, we are products of our environment. Because the very vessel, the vehicle, the environment 
influences the energy and the energy then adapts to the environment. Mm -hmm. So if we can start to first change the structures, change the vessels, which let's give some examples of vessels. Your body is a vessel, a container. Your mind is a container. Your very, your very structure of the way you live your life, the environment, your relationship, these are all containers. That, that's all they are. And our, we get so hyper-focused on the container when the focus ought to be on the energy that's coming into that container. And so if we can actually just change the container itself, that will then influence the energy for us to start to heal and bring in more of that power within. And, and I understand that's a deeper concept, but I think it's important because the framework, again, is what helps us to create more awareness and be like, oh my gosh, like I am the architect to my life. But the architect needs to understand structure. Yeah. Honestly, you guys are going to be doing TED Talks within a year. I'm making a bet right now. And when you do, I want to mention, okay? Monica said would be here. Um, this, is, yeah. <laughs> this is so cool. Though. And I, like, I never thought about the mind being a masculine structure. And like having, like, I never even thought about that. I always feel like it's feminine when I'm going within, when I'm processing stuff, but it makes total sense that of course, because I have a, a model of the world that says everything's happening for me. I am limitless. I create everything. That's my masculine, which allows my feminine mind blowing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's <laughs> the, the reason why that's important is because structure is much easier to change than energy for most people. You know, it really, it's the opposite once you get better at it. But like for us that are stuck in form 3D reality, it's easier to change the structure and kind of the behavior that we're working with and then let that influence the energy. And the reason why this is so key is because as humans, we think we can control things and we can't. It's, it's the biggest illusion that we buy into, the illusion of control. We can't control. However, we can influence. And so as we start to build proper structures and frameworks and, you know, riverbanks in our life, and we really put some intention and thought and love into those frameworks, then that river can beautifully flow. That healing feminine power, that, that magic can just pour into our lives. This, this podcast, the, the conversations, the words that are coming out of our mouths are the magic that are an outcome of the structure you created that we could then sit in, feel safe. And because of that safety, that magic can then just ooze from us from the soul. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this conversation is honestly going to change the way I view everything in terms of the masculine and the feminine. I love how conversations can just go a totally different direction than what I expected. And it has, I honestly feel like I've just witnessed a Ted talk, you guys. Um, can you believe it's been an entire hour? So I am going to, I am going to wrap us up because that just went so quick, but you two are just beautiful examples of what it is to be sacred masculine in the world. I'm so, I feel so blessed. I've had you and had your time here. I'm so excited to have met you and I can't wait to see what you do in the world because it's so special what you're doing so special well, thank you so much and thank you for having us and you know we like to end with like the common uh, a common message that you have everything you need within you yeah you know that's that's one thing we we uh say all the time and may, people may not believe it but we just want to say it over and over and over again until people 
do believe it. That you have everything within you, and that is our message. And uh, so, thank you for allowing us to share that message and, and to yeah. you know share more. And and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be in touch, and we'll talk we'll talk more. And and uh, thank you for having us on. Thank you. We appreciate it.